Shut up and sit down. Well, that was the wrong music. I uh, didn't want to sit here and listen to it for 30, for 30 whole seconds, so I turned it off. Ha! Huh. So, tonight's topic is uh, courtesy of Jilly. Ha! I just blamed her. Blamed her for my topic this evening. Credit. Is it credit? No blame. All the credit. Uh, we're talking about... <laughs> No blame. Um, we're talking about bad craft and author voice, and I work with um, a lot of new new writers, and one of the most horrific parts of working with a new writer, of mentoring a new writer or a writer who's seeking to get published for the first time, is their inability to let go of... Um, Bad habits, really, really bad habits. Um, examples would be um, uh, the really badly constructed dialogue tags. When your dialogue tag gives your dialogue description, you are supposed to use a comma nine times out of ten. Let's just say 100% of the time you should use a comma. So I'll give... You say, for instance, if you write uh, the following sentence, I'm going to punctuate it for you the way it should be punctuated. And I don't always do this out of habit, so it's something that I had to learn, and I, I sometimes I fuck it up and make mistakes. We all do that. Um, so, the, so the sentence is, I hate that, Harry said. Now, I hate that, comma, end quote, Harry said. is the proper way to say it, to, to write it. But a lot of writers will put a period there after that. I hate that period, in quote, Harry said. That period is inappropriate. But you'd be amazed at how many writers do it that way and then don't want to change it because even though they've been told repeatedly that they're wrong, they don't believe you. So they continue to do this this terrible habit and it impedes them in the, in the publication process. And that's not even going into what happens during editing because, um, frankly, if your novel is full of this, there isn't an editor on earth that will touch it. Uh, they'll be just like, you need to fix this, and they'll give you some instructions, and they'll send you back to the drawing board. And there's no hand-holding in professional editing. You You either do what you're told or you don't get published. Or, worst case scenario, they take your book, they edit it, they don't even consult you, and they publish it. And and, and, I, and I've seen that happen, too. So you just never know what's going to happen. If you wanted to use a period after that, I hate that, end quote. Well, I hate that period, end quote. Harry got up and left the table. The tag after the dialogue is no longer describing the dialogue. It's it's no longer part of the dialogue, so you can have a sentence in there. But if Harry snapped, Harry said, Harry shouted, these are all descriptors, and you should use a comma. Um, I hate that comma, 
end quote, Harry shouted. You could also use an exclamation point, but that has a different rule altogether. Um, hmm. So, if you said he shouted, this is this is actually something really terrible, too, and it can happen. You, I hate that, comma, end quote, he shouted. That he would be lowercase. Dialogue's terrible. But whatever you do with your dialogue, if you go into an editing situation and you refuse to edit, um... You're an asshole. There's no way around it. When you are told repeatedly that you're doing something wrong, but you don't want to change it because you think it's part of your voice, you're an asshole. Bad craft, the inability to use proper mechanics, does not equal author voice. In no world does it equal author voice. Your voice as an author is about the way you put words together. It's about your style. It's about the rhythm of your work. It is not about your fucking mechanics. Okay? It really is not about your fucking mechanics, okay? Your author voice is also how you introduce characters, how you um, how you move characters through your plot and through your scenes and through your whole book. But it is never about your mechanics, your actual mechanics. A lot of writers find their author voice in first person or third person work, and that's a choice. That's a style choice. Um, but your mechanics, your actual mechanics, your your grammar, these are not style choices, and this is not your voice. For instance, if told that two characters can't have dialogue in the same paragraph because it's not accurate and you continue to do it, because you think it sounds better that way, not only are you wrong, you're also an asshole. Just putting it out there for you. That's just stupid. It's a stupid thing to do. Have I done it? Yes. But when someone told me that it was wrong, I stopped doing it. I stopped doing it real quick. Because it was wrong and someone told me. And I stopped doing it. And, I, and my mechanics in the fan fiction is, is sloppy because I don't have anybody coming in behind me and edit, editing. But what I would say is that as a writer, the more you write and the cleaner you write, the easier your editing process will be. Now, when I turn in a professional project, um, I fully expect to get a thorough edit. And if I don't get a thorough edit, I complain. I have complained to set to a large house in New York about the quality of my edits. I called my editor after the line editor sent me my manuscript and said, you know what? I need a new line editor because she barely even fucking read this. And I sent the edits to my my editor who buys my book. So there's a process for that. And she called me and she says, you're absolutely right. She didn't. 
you need to use more commas. I'm like, I know I need to use more commas, but I never know where to stick them. That's why I have a copy editor. And she laughed and she agreed, and I got a new copy editor. So don't be afraid if you feel like you're not getting enough attention from your editor to point it out. Now, when your book goes into a major publishing house, a couple of things happen. Um, Your editor or the person who wants to be your editor or you want to be your editor, read your manuscript. And depending on the size of of the house, your editor takes your book and several other books to committee. And she lobbies to buy that book in this committee. And this is depending on how big the publisher is, how big the committee is. And if it's agreed, the the contract comes to you or it comes to your agent and it gets negotiated and moved around. And then eventually your manuscript gets turned over to a line editor. And that line editor, if they're worth their salt, will take your book and edit your mechanics. They will tell you what is wrong with your book and help you fix it. Now, before that happens, if your editor has an issue, your buying editor, if your buying editor has an issue with your book, they might come back and say, hey, um, I really want this, I really want to buy this, but you need to change this, this, and this. At this point, you have a decision to make. You can say, yes, I want to be published, give me money, and you cha- and you make the changes you want your edit- your potential editor Once, and then you send it back to them, and you get a contract, and you get money, and it's amazing. And then you go to a line editor, and your line editor will edit all all your mistakes if you get a good one. And then you send it back to your line editor, and they're happy with it, and then it goes to a copy editor or typesetting editor, depending on how big the company is and and what's going on with your book. But the average professional novel um, in a print house will go through at least your buying editor, a line editor, and a copy editor. And the copy editor is the one who preps it for print. At that point, you might get a galley or a, a an advanced review copy that will have your book formatted. And then you'll go through your book to make sure all the formatting worked out right and everything's the way it should. And then it goes back to the publisher. You may or may not get anything else from your publisher until they send you a box of books. That's the process for a traditional print house. There could be other people involved in the book if it's a bigger house. If at any time during this process, you show your ass or you refuse to cooperate or you act like your voice is going to filter back up through the publisher and your buying editor will hear about it. And not only will she hear about it, but her boss will hear about it. So the next time you submit a book, they're going to have a discussion in that committee. How well did your first book do? If your book mid-listed and you're an asshole on top of it, you're not getting another contract with this publisher. This is, you must, you must, 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 when you go into a editing process with a publisher, big or small, because they talk, you need to be gracious, you need to be thoughtful, you need to take the 
criticism and the corrections with as much grace as possible. I have never argued with an editor. I have gotten some edits that made me cry, but they never knew about it. I don't argue with my yes, yes, ma'am. That's okay. I'll put a comma right there, right, right where you told me to. Um, of course, that word is stupid. I didn't mean that. I meant this one instead because you're getting paid. And what I think you need to remember is once you submit a professional project to a company and it is purchased, it is no longer your baby. It is no longer just your book. It is now their product. And it will be treated like a product throughout their process. When they're doing cover art, when they're doing editing, when they're proofing it for print, the entire process is the creation of a product that will be purchased. And the more gracious you are throughout that process, the better you will be. If you're a diva, if you act like you wrote your fucking words on a tablet and they cannot be I mean like a stone tablet I mean a stone tablet and they can't be changed you're you're going to be remembered for that assholery and it's going to come back to bite you and the only way you get away with shit like that is if you hit the bestseller list because let's say okay let's say you showed your ass with your first book and you were mean to your editor and you didn't do your copy edits on time and you were late um, turning your shit in and you were snotty about the cover art but let's say you did all that and your book hit number one the next time you send in a book they're all going to be like oh she's such an asshole but she made us a lot of money so they're going to send you another contract and you will continue to be an asshole because you haven't been punished for your previous behavior. And it will get out to other people that you're an asshole. And so the first time you have a book flop, they're going to be so fucking relieved to be done with you. Because the next time you submit, they're going, well, your last book didn't do so well, so we're going to pass on this one. Because now they've got an excuse to say no. Don't be an asshole. It's it's really that simple. There are so many writers out there who never get the opportunity. And I was telling um, the mod group about this one author that I knew who actually got a contract with a New York house. Um, she got a $5,000 um, advance. Uh, $5,000 in her hand. Like hot hot little hand, check in hand. She deposits the check. A couple months later, she gets her edits, and she acts like the world is going to end. There were no major changes requested in her book. All they wanted her to do was to fix her grammar. It was a line edit. I saw these edits. This is not something I'm hearing first, um, secondhand. I, I literally saw these edits. It was... She was terribly fond of semicolons, which was apparently against their house style, so they wanted her to pull out all the semicolons. Um, There were just, you know, she had some run-on sentences. She had some, you know, grammar issues with her her dialogue mechanics, which a lot of writers do. Even I still make those mistakes. Uh, We all make those mistakes, but you got to be gracious when you're in editing and accept those mistakes. And I think that sometimes my attitude in fandom 
I think people think it translates into my professional life. And let me put that, no, it does not. Never. Ever. Would I tell an editor, I don't want to hear what they have to say about my book. Ever. I would never do that. So she gets really upset about her edits, and she refuses to do them. She sends them back to the line editor and says, no. (coughs) I don't agree with anything you've done. So the book goes back up the chain to her buying editor. And the buying editor looks at all the edits, and she can't disagree with any of them because every single one of them is mechanical. This is These, these are not edits you can even say no to. These are not the kind of edits you say no to. Um, I don't agree with it. You don't, You just can't not agree with the fact that you've got a fucking run-on sentence. You either got a run-on sentence or you don't, right? So the editor called this writer, who's not my friend, by the way, um, just an acquaintance, someone I know, and um, told her she had to do the edits and she was going to send them back. And the author said no. I'm not going to do the edits. I don't agree with them. My book is, and I quote, this is what she told me she said, my book is perfect as it is. Three days later, she got a certified letter from a lawyer canceling her contract and demanding the advance paid in full in 45 days. She's lucky she didn't get sued. It could have gone the other way. The publisher could have edited the book without her um, input and put it out. But at that point, you have to, um, the, the publisher had to think, how much do we want to invest in this person who's an asshole? Zero. They wanted to invest zero. She gave the money back because she was afraid she'd get sued. She eventually published with Publish America, and she's still publishing, um, self-publishing. She's on Amazon, and um, she's still doing the same stupid fucked-up shit she always did. Um, she she refuses to believe she needs editing. Um, no terrible review on Amazon phases her. Her books have, like, hundreds of one-star reviews. <laughs> So at least she's got sales once. You know, she's tricking these readers into buying her once, but they'll never buy her again. So yeah, you know, what I do in fandom is, is, is um yeah, I'm pretty arrogant about that shit, about not wanting constructive criticism. But it's twofold. One, I don't believe most people in fandom are capable of giving constructive criticism. Because their constructive criticism usually goes like this. I hated what you did with this. I hated this, this, and this, and I wish you'd done this, this, and this. This is not constructive criticism. If, you know, if someone wanted to come in behind... No, that's not true. Um, when you When you do something for free, you don't want to be hassled about it. That's just what it boils down to. Um, but when you do something for your job, 
it's an entirely different situation. Um, I trust the professionals that I work with to to make my stuff look good, and um, that's what it boils down to. It boils down to trust. And why would you trust some asshole just hanging out in fandom telling you that they don't like that you made Harry the bottom or Draco the bottom? Because <laughs> that's important. <laughs> Congratulations, Azure, on finding your chocolate. The angels are singing. But, you know, so I... A lot of writers, when they come out of fandom and they go into a professional editing um, situation, they're not prepared for what happens. Um, they've um, they've had a lot of experience with betas, but I have to tell you that 99% of the betas that you encounter in fandom are not going to be as honest with you as a professional editor will be. Um they're not going to um well number one, yeah they're not going to catch everything number one um number two, they're not going to be honest about your faults um they're not going to say, hey, you, you know what um actually, this scene is really, really weak, and I don't even know why you have it in there Because um, a lot of you because they're, they're just not going to, because a <laughs> no. Lady Hall just asked me, "Do I want you to? Do you want me to?" And the fact of the matter is, is that no, I don't want you to. Um, the whole point behind being in in fandom for me is that I can kind of indulge myself, and I think a lot of writers in fandom, especially professional writers, indulge themselves in in fandom. Um. And, and they write these big epic stories that they couldn't write professionally. Um, unless you're writing fantasy or sci-fi, you, you're not going to be able to put 300k into a novel and sell it. As a matter of a fact, Azure asked me, Yes, but will a line editor tell you um, tell you more sex here? During my edits for Fall for You. Um, my editor, in fact, did tell me I needed to add a sex scene at the end. So, so the sex scene that's at the end of Fall for You, which you guys will be able to read in just 11 days, if you've pre-ordered or if you're going to buy on the day of um, drop, uh, that last sex scene is there because my editor asked for it. So yes, a good editor will help you find the balance in your story, they'll they'll go, okay, you know what, you need to even this out a little bit here. Your falling action was too abrupt. You know, let's do this instead. Let's put some sex here. You know, so they're actually very good about it because you want an editor who's just as invested in your work as you are and who can look at your pace and look at your, your motivations of your characters and your your plot and say, you've got a plot hole here, but we can fill it with this. What do you think of this? That's what a good editor is, and that's what you want. You want an editor who will not only be honest with you and who will respect your author voice, but who will who will also uh, call you out on your bad craft and go, okay, you know what, this you you can't do this. You, you you need to stop doing this. Does everybody in your book have to bite their lip? I don't think so. 
you get one person who bites their lip. Nobody else gets to bite their lip. You know, and just stuff like that. You know, it's these little quirks you you give your characters. If you give all of your characters the same quirk, that gets a little weird, right? And you might not even notice that you're doing it um, until it's too late. <laughs> it's already in the hands of an editor, but that's their job. Um, so if I could give any piece of advice to you um, going into um, a professional endeavor is you need to leave your ego at the door. Because at the end of the day, your editor's job is to shape your work into a viable product that is strong, that is um, crafted very well. Because the last thing you want is to put out a book and put your name on it that's not the best it could possibly be. And ignoring your editor's um, advice is just a dumb move. It is a dumbass thing to do. Um, if you feel like your editor is not connecting with you, be clear about it. Don't be afraid to defend your work, but don't be an idiot either. If you you literally... <laughs> Dialogue mechanics are kind of concrete, okay? You can't just decide that's not how a sentence works, okay? A sentence works exactly this way, and you don't get to decide personally that your author voice demands that your sentence work a different way. That's not how it works. Yes, you want to stand out in the publishing world. You want to be unique, but your craft should never suffer for your uniqueness. Your mechanics should conform to the norm. Because if they don't, it's going to put your reader off. And your reader might not even know exactly what's wrong with your book, but they'll know they don't like it. And they won't pick up your next one. Julie says, I want to write in sentence fragments only. This is my voice. And yeah, I can't get published. Right, you won't get published. And I've seen some shit like that. Not exactly that, but I have seen shit like that um, where writers um, hold on to these little things that they think makes them unique and interesting, but all it really does is make them stupid. And I know that's harsh. And if you're over there, you're really listening to my show, and and you do one of these things, and, and you think I'm being mean to you, I'm not. I'm being real. This is me being real. If you want to be published, you need to conform to the standards by which the rest of us operate. Yes, it's important to be original and to be unique and to stand out as much as you can, but you can't stand out by doing dumb shit and be taken seriously because they might remember you if you do stupid shit like this when you submit but it won't be for a good reason (laughs) it really won't you'll be that story they tell over lunch to their other editor friends who work at a different publishing house. You won't believe what I saw today in my email. And then they'll tell them all about 
you and your foolish foolish behavior and you'll be the punchline of a joke at a lunch table so don't be that punchline you need to have a little reality in your craft okay and just follow the rules of grammar mechanics bad mechanics bad craft does not equal your author voice it never will it bad mechanics is not a style choice i could not be more serious about it that's my show i want you guys to have a great week and i'll figure out something to talk about tomorrow or Good evening. Shut up and sit down.